In today's episode, we're talking about the key to true Facebook advertising success in 2020 and beyond. So don't you dare change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got a really awesome episode, a really awesome interview. Before diving in, as always, just want to give a quick update as to how things are going in business for me. The last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read is still doing great. We're still close to about 800 global ratings on the Amazon US site. I am so pleased and so grateful for all the five-star rave reviews. And of course, anyone that hasn't checked it out yet, you can see it on Kindle or on Patreon paperback or an audiobook format if you want by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto-forward you to Amazon's listing. But if you don't want to pull out your wallet and you just want to check out the kind of content that I'm doing free of charge, you can go ahead and check out my YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. And of course, I've got uh, about 800 plus subscribers at this point. We're doing a major push to try to get a thousand by the end of the year. And again, just as with the book, I could not be happier with all the wonderful feedback that I'm getting on all the videos and all the comments and uh, really just could not be happier with how things are going. With that said, while we're on the topic of really awesome books, today's guest has a really cool book coming out himself in the next week or so, and we're going to talk about that and so much more. So with that said, we're going to switch mics and dive on into today's interview and get ready for a wonderful, insightful conversation with Bob. Okay, so I am really excited about today's guest. Bob Rignaris is the co-founder of Feed Stories, a digital marketing expert and author of five books, including the fourth edition of The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. He's been helping clients achieve their goals through digital media and storytelling for over 20 years. And in that time, the demand for his expertise in Facebook advertising and deep funnel marketing strategies has only continued to increase with every passing day. I'm sure there is a ton of insight we're going to be getting out of today's conversation, and I can't wait. So without any further ado, Bob Rignaris, thank you so much for being here, and to be, welcome to Shatter the Mold. Good to be here, Andrew. Whenever I hear the intro, like 20 plus years, I just remember, yeah, I got a lot of gray in the beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I, I did a little research on you, and I, I found info, and like it said, since 1998, I'm like, I'm going to make it even longer, because like it's... 20 plus years. It is a 22, yeah. it's a 27, who knows? But um, believe it or not, I, I've been doing stuff for 20 years also. And yeah. I, I, I wear the hat to kind of look a little bit younger, but I'm sure I feel longer in the tooth. So I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Well, see, I'm being a good guest. Normally I'm wearing a hat, you know, like I always wear, I always wear coaching stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if you said it in the intro, but I'm a high school basketball coach as well. I've been doing that for 34 years and going so yeah and, um, and you know what i didn't intentionally because i i wanted that to emerge because that is an interesting piece because i'm actually i'm glad you brought it there i guess we'll begin there i yeah. imagine the work that you do as a high school coach kind of bleeds into what you do with clients because obviously it's a different kind of of corralling so to speak yeah. but there's definitely a, a piece of where you know there there's a strategy that you need to execute and, you know, regardless of, of the level of expertise that you bring to the table, there has to be a team effort in there and there has to be a cooperation. And you've got to make sure that people are on the same page, especially when it comes to Facebook advertising, because there's so many 
little little pieces that people don't often think about or consider right. that you really got to pull off to execute it in the right way. Yeah, you know, the the interesting thing about, you know, I re- a lot of the people I know, Andrew, only know me as coach, uh, you know, and, and having coached for so long, like a lot of the kids that I've coached um, are now like dads themselves and they're coaching their kids. It's It's interesting you start doing something and that's what you do. And then eventually it becomes who you are. And I've really just embraced over the last decade of like, Hey, I'm coach Bob. And yeah, I I coach basketball, but I also coach my clients. Um, And whether I'm formally coaching them or I'm serving them in in the agency, a a coach really is there to help you improve your performance. Right. Um, I get the most glory when you win. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, coaches get a lot of credit and they take a lot of blame. And that's just because of the title that they carry. Uh, So I carry that weight into any engagement, whether I'm doing like a one-on-one consult, a group training, like I'm there as coach Bob and I'm not there to do anything to like, I'm not there to like trick you into like, oh, I want to be your Facebook guy. And I'm, I'm not trying to like give you useful, but incomplete information that you sometimes hear. Like what I'm really trying to do, Andrew, is I, I'm just trying to help people do their best. And I, I have some areas of expertise. Um, basketball doesn't pay well. It gives me a lot of personal satisfaction working with kids. Uh, uh, business coaching does pay well, but it only pays well. And I only feel really good when my clients get a lot of success um, you know, from, from what we do together. So um, Facebook ads... Yeah, I mean, Facebook really, if you think about it, it's only been around about 10 years in terms of the ad platform. Yes. Uh, there's, there's people that had tried to use ads, but really it was about 2012 when Facebook really got their act together in terms of ads. So as you imagine, you know, with something new, it was Wild West, it was easy, it was simple. And then what, what happens over time is they add complexity, they add rules, they add red tape, all those things. So what you see now as a Facebook advertiser is a lot of options. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. Uh, and there's, there's the ability to make a lot of mistakes that cost you money, you know, before mm-hmm. things are really cheap. But at this point now, if you make a mistake, it ends up costing you a lot of money. Uh, yeah. So one of the things I'm doing with the book is just I want to lay out the right framework, the right structure for accounts, kind of give you the 80-20 of what you need to focus in on so you're not so confused and you're not losing money on your campaigns. You're actually making money on your campaigns. Yeah. You know, I, I got to tell you, it's it's really for me, it's encouraging to to meet you and in the research I've done about you because I'm... I'm definitely getting your book because I'll, I'll be like, I, I'm always like full disclosure for my audience. I had a business that um, I stupidly depended on, on Facebook advertising as I was building it out okay. and it blew up in my face. And, and I had to basically throw the whole thing away and start from scratch. And I was too burnt out to start from scratch. So even what I'm doing right now, I specifically built it where like, I'm going to work around it. I'm not even going to do Facebook advertising, which yeah. in many ways, like the fact that I pulled off is great, but that there's still so much money on the table and so much opportunity. So I'm excited to kind of dive in and learn about that because I'd want to get back into it. It's just, as long as I can make it work for me, it's like, I could be spiteful and be like, these guys suck. I hate this, but there's still money. I'm not going to be spiteful. Let me actually figure out the game. And I'm glad to have you on because I kind of get like, this is like my perk for being a podcast host. (laughs) I get to bring these experts on and basically get free consulting. So there you go. um, You know, like it was funny. Like one of the things that I want to make sure to ask you because um, again, I've had my own struggles in the past. It's like, what do you think based on your research and expertise and just everything you've done, what's the most critical thing 
to get right in a Facebook advertising campaign? There's really, I, I like to use a moniker, it's called the ABCs. Um, so the first thing, the, the A stands for audience. Mm-hmm. So audience is you really need to know who you're going after and who you're targeting. Um, Facebook gives you a lot of ability to do that using their, like what they know about their users. Uh, but you really need to understand who's going to buy your product or buy your service. You, you need to know that. B stands for bidding. And that refers to not how much you're going to pay for the ads, but really setting up the right uh, campaign structure. Uh, currently, Facebook has well over a dozen kind of ways to go after traffic. And you really need to pick the right uh, campaign objective for the result that you're looking for. So for instance, if you're a company that's generating leads, you want to make sure that you optimize your campaign for leads. If you're a Shopify store owner, you want to be optimizing your site or your campaigns for purchases. Uh, if you are a uh, if, if you're a business that generates uh, revenue from ad like ads on your site, you want to you want to optimize on traffic. Uh, Facebook is really good at giving you what you ask for, um, which reminds me of a story. I was in Austin, Texas, several years ago, and I met with a Facebook engineer, one of the guys that actually works on the platform, and he said he's like Bob. Don't try to outthink the machine. The machine is smarter than us. So just tell us what you want. You know, make sure you tell us what you want, and we're going to give you exactly what you asked for. Mm. So that's one of the it's one of the things you want to get right is make sure you have the right objective. And then C is creative. Now here's here's the interesting thing. Uh, Facebook can automate audiences for you, um, and we we could go deep in that, or you know we could talk about that. But essentially, they're really good at telling you and finding people for you. They're really good at giving you what they want if you select the right objective. But the one thing they can't automate is creative. So this is where we have to really focus as advertisers. Is I need to be working on the the media, you know, the image or the video on my ad, and also the ad copy. So mm-hmm. the ABCs are audience, bidding, and creative. And creative is where you should be spending 80% of your time. So the book itself, Andrew, is going to help you like figure out all those switches and dials and make sure that you focus on the right things there. And then it equips you to like focus and relax and be really good about the creative because that's really what makes or breaks your campaign. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because like me, when I was looking into Facebook, so much so that I was building a whole leg of business on top of it, I like there was no doubt that Facebook was going to reach the right people because they're, they're they've got their tentacles <laughs> in in every piece. You know they they they're yeah. tracking everything you do in in a good or a bad way depending on how you look on it. So that part's right. no doubt. And like you said, it's more about like how do you present your message. And it's you know I'll invite you to correct me if I'm wrong because you're the expert here. It's not just about being creative. It's about being creative in a way that works within the limits that they throw in front of you. For example, as I understand it, if you use the word you. You're going to get flagged. And for, you know, an old school copywriter like me, I'm like, I can't use you. What the hell? But I imagine that's one of the things that you really, the the challenges that you help your clients overcome. Yes. So how do we still connect with the audience and grab their attention and make it feel like we're having a one-to-one conversation when there's that limit that you can't. And again, I don't know if that's true anymore, but you can't use the word you. I imagine that's like a huge piece of the creative that you work on with people. 
Yeah, you you is a no-no word. Um, it's it's copywriting 101, right? Write to your audience. Use the word you a lot because people love to read about themselves. Well, the mm-hmm. opposite rule is true in Facebook. Uh, Facebook does that because they don't want their users freaked out by the advertising, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, here, here's a scary thing. Like if you wanted to reach uh, a female who's a diabetic and she's you know 50 years old, you could do it. And you could really freak that user out by running an ad that's like 50 year old diabetic, you know, like, and show a picture of somebody that looks just like them. I mean, you could really freak them out. And that doesn't, that does, that's not a good user experience in Facebook's mind. So right. they, they want their advertisers to kind of play nice. So the, the way I like to approach creative is, is storytelling. So, uh, you know, you, you mentioned we, we have a company called Feed Stories. We specialize in video storytelling. That happens to be the medium that we choose. Uh, I love video as a media, especially in Facebook. Uh, 80, no, it's, it's 90, 95% of the people will use Facebook on their phone in a given day. Mm-hmm. Very few people are using a desktop. Uh, maybe it's a two-screen situation. So everything is about mobile platforms now. Um, and video is the easiest thing for people to absorb and to hear a story. So we love to use short form, long form video to tell a story and engage. So what you can do in a video is you can be a little bit more personal. You can use the words you and things like that. Um, now Facebook does read your captions. They can, they, they know exactly what you're saying in your video. So don't think you're going to get around the, the copywriting rules there, but you can be a little bit more personal and things like that. Um, you could tell a better story with video, uh, videos engaging, uh, yeah. Facebook themselves, like they just, they push videos to you all day long. If you, if you spend any time on Facebook, a majority of what they're pushing to you is video content. So yeah. I, I like to say business owners should kind of just ride that wave and be, you know, be really willing to use video and video storytelling to help connect to their audience. I love that. And to give an oversimplified example, I imagine like, you know, you can do videos saying like, hey, you know, my sister she just celebrated her 50th birthday and, you know, she's a diabetic and, and I've been doing some research for her. And all of a sudden you're not saying you, yes. but the person's like, what? And then, you, yep. Yeah. You, got it. you get it. It's third person storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're basically presenting a case study or you have somebody who's, I'm a diabetic, right? We can, you can use the testimonial. I'm, I'm a diabetic. I'm a middle-aged woman. Um, you know, I need mm. to get a, a, a firm hold on my health. You know, if you're selling like a supplement or a program, that's, that's the way you get around it is you it. do third-party storytelling. That's perfect. Awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be on the same page. Now, there you go. another piece that I want to ask you, and you know, I've, this was my, this is actually the number one thing in the back of my mind, even if I had not articulated it when I was working on Facebook, um, well, working, trying to do the Facebook thing. It's like, how do you get a quick win? Because people, obviously there's a certain discomfort of pouring money in and not seeing yes. the result, wondering where you're going. Like, is, is there a way, or at least a more strategic uh, route by which you can get a quick win and at least know you're not throwing your money into a black hole? Yeah, this is this is probably one of the biggest mistakes that I see, Andrew, is people start in the wrong place. Hmm. So when people think about running an ad, the first place they go is, all right, I'm going to run an ad to a bunch of people that I don't know. All right, we call it cold traffic, right? Uh, these are people that have never heard about your company. They've never heard about your product, your service, whatever. Um, it is the hardest traffic to convert. It's the, it's the most expensive traffic to convert. Where we start is we, we turn everything upside down. We start with your customers 
And then we move to your unconverted prospects. And then and only then, when we vetted creative, when we vetted the offer, when we know things are working, then we go out and we go to the scary place, which is cold traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, Perry Marshall, my co-author, uses a really good analogy, is if you have a ship, um, you kind of sail it around the harbor first because the harbor is safe. It's protected. Um, you're close to shore. You know, you're not going to lose. Like if there's a big storm, you're really close to safety, right? But once you get beyond the harbor and go into open waters, it's choppy. There's storms, there's wind, and you have a better chance of wrecking. Um, mm-hmm. That's the same thing with traffic. Uh, you do not want to sail your ship into uncharted waters where it's safe, where it's not safe, where it's dangerous. So what we like to do and, and what we teach in the book is let's start from the bottom of funnel, work our way to the top of the funnel. So what we always do for a client for a quick win, Andrew, is let's, let's run some ads to your existing customer base because Facebook allows you to upload lists of customers into uh, their custom audience uh, section and you could run ads to them. So the, the people that are going to give you the most grace that are going to be the most responsive are the ones that have already bought from you. Mm. So what we'd like to do is let's think of a way to get you some money to kind of maybe pay for this engagement, right? If I'm doing a coaching uh, situation, let's think of a way to get you a quick win by offering something to people who've already bought from you. Now, if you don't have a large customer list, the best way to go is, well, let's go after the unconverted prospects. So a lot of people are building email lists and they've been doing this for years and they're only emailing them. Well, you and I know that email is, you know, it's a great medium, but not everybody sees your emails, opens your emails. So Facebook gives you the ability to touch them a different media. So you can upload a list of your prospects out of your CRM and you could run ads to them. Now that doesn't convert as well as customers, but it converts better than somebody who's never heard of you. So right. what we like to do is let's, let's go, let's see if we can do a customer offer. Let's see if we can do a reactivation offer. And then when we see this offer is working, well, let's test it and let's go into some cold traffic. But you got to do it in that order to get some wins. You get some revenue, you get some confidence, and then you could go out and sail in the open seas. Well, I love, you know, there's so, there's so much automatic gold in that approach, I think. Because one, you're, you're hopefully getting people maybe to create another product and service so that they have another avenue for revenue. Mm-hmm. But also you're, you're challenging them maybe to reword a couple of things that they've got. Like maybe they're, so, they're, they're fixed on a way of saying something when they realize that a few minor tweaks are going to be those missing pieces that right. the, the prospects just needed to hear one thing. I mean, yes. you know, if, if you're in the dating space and, and all your customers care about is, is the clothes they wear. And all you're talking about is, you know, how much weight they have to lose. It's like all of a sudden you, do, you have a mismatch and you, and you don't even realize that that might be happening. But wouldn't you rather spend $100 on that and learn that before you spend $1,000, you know, 10 times more mm-hmm. for, you know, that's what I say, you know, testing is expensive. You know, if you've got an untested offer, I mean, boy, you're taking a big risk by going after cold traffic. Now, if, if you're well-funded, have, have at it. Uh, right. Most of the people we work with are, are not broke, but they don't have unlimited budgets. You know, they, they don't have big, dumb money. And you are competing against big, dumb money every time you put an ad out there. I mean, you, what, you, what you need to realize is there's an ad auction that goes on a billion times a day. Um, every microsecond, there is an auction happening and you're competing against Coca-Cola and Southwest Airlines and, you know, 
all these big companies, Amazon, you know, they're all running ads against you. you I mean, if you had like a $5 campaign or a $10 campaign, you have to compete against these big behemoths to get your ad shown. So, you know, the way to do that is just be smarter. Let the big dumb money go after the cold traffic and, you know, spend all that money. Um, we've got smaller budgets. So we're going to go after this first. We're going to validate this offer. You know, it's like iron sharpening iron. Let's get this thing rocking. And then when we go out into open seas, like we have a chance to compete. Yeah. You know, big dumb money is not going to be as smart as we are in terms of creative. You know what it's, I mean? It, it's silly to blow all your ammo when you should just hit a surgical strike. There and that'll create more ammo for you. Absolutely. Really good analogy, Andrew. I love it. Now, obviously, you know, going into the cold traffic is probably the most common mistake. What are other common mistakes that people make that they don't even realize are shooting themselves in the foot? Well, uh, I talked about the, uh, the ABC. So audiences is, is a big, this is a big issue is that people don't really understand their, their customers very well. Um, or the people that are going to be their customers. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think so few advertisers, I, I think they spend all the time on their product. I, like, and, and you know this, like you're writing a book, you develop a product, um, whether it's a physical product, like an e-commerce thing, or it's an information product, like you're spending 80, 90% of your time and you're pouring your heart and soul in this thing. But what you don't do is the real work starts when you have to try to sell it. Okay. And so if you don't understand the, um, the, the demographic, the psychographics of your audience, you're going to have a really difficult time selling to them. So one of the things you really need to do is do research. You, you know, you need to be your audience. You need to understand, you need to get inside their mind. You need to, you need to talk like they talk, think like they think, because then and only then you'll understand how your product or your service is going to really serve them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people ultimately buy because it's going to solve a problem or it's going to satiate a need they have. Okay. And if you aren't able to make that bridge, then you may have the best product in the world. If you don't make that mental connection, they are not going to buy. Yeah. So you really need to understand that. And then you could tune your audience a lot better. So it's, it's not just, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to market to all small business owners. I see a lot of people like, oh, this is gold. Facebook can allow me to target small business owners. Well, okay, um, that's great. But what about them? Are they a, like, are they a, a manufacturer? Are they a e-commerce owner? Are they a retail store owner? Mm. Um, are they a consultant? You yeah. know, that's all mixed together. You have to really understand that mentality. Yeah, you're, you're selling um, accounting software. Th- there's different types of business owners that have different kinds of needs that might not even be on your radar and you're going to be right. blowing money on them unnecessarily. Right. And have you talked to them and really understood what their needs are? And mm-hmm. I'm assuming you did because you developed the software, but do you really, do you know what they're saying to themselves or saying to their colleagues when they talk about their current accounting software package? Yeah. And that's the type of stuff we need. This gets into the kind of the copy, right? Because this bridges to the creative. So yeah. if you don't understand your audience, you're not going to target them right. But then you're also going to, you're going to miss the creative. Uh, and this, this, yeah, this kind of brings you to that old adage of like entering the customer, like in, in their mind in the middle of the conversation that they're having yes. in their head, basically, which I think right. I butchered. And I wish I can say who that I attribute that to. I don't know if that was Jay Abraham or somebody else, but um, I know it's very, very insightful words. And right. it's so interesting to hear you talk about that because I know with like with my book, 
everything I wrote, I really basically, I, I had the luxury of being the customer, being in my own mind after yeah. having years of tried and failed law of attraction and really studying myself, like, why did I stop doing it? Because articulating that was actually articulating the reasons yes. that um, anyone else would do it. But I had that luxury. Most people don't have that luxury. Most people are not their customer in that sense. They really have to crawl into their minds and really make an extra effort to ensure that they're doing it right. Yeah. And notice here what we're talking about, Andrew, is nothing to do with Facebook. This is marketing principles. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of principles in the book by, by, by design, because this book, in terms of uh, what the Facebook interface looks like and things like that, will probably be out of date as soon as it drops, right? <laughs> okay. And, and we're okay with that because you write a book like this, it's going to happen. But we intentionally put most of the content as strategy. It's marketing principles mm-hmm. because this will carry you whether, you know, whether you become like a TikTok superstar and figure out that platform or, or Hulu opens up their platform for advertisers or you're doing Google ads or you're going to do traditional print ads. Like these things are important no matter whether you're using Facebook or not. Facebook doesn't give you the luxury of taking shortcuts. I mean, right. there's a lot of things you could do with Facebook and reach people that you couldn't reach, you know, have reached before, but you can't violate the marketing principles, right? Yeah. Same thing with the law of attraction. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's great to hear because I think that is a key with, with books like yours, because in the sense that, like, like you said, things that you say should be, you know, applied ac- across platforms. And like, yeah. I know like TikTok, well, there's only so much time. So there's a time limit. Okay, well, how do we apply the marketing and, you know, strategy principles yeah. to that time limit? How do we, like, what about that can we use from our toolkit to accentuate that specific format and that specific platform? Right. And and that's the thing, you know, I, I'm not going to write the ultimate guide to TikTok ads. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you that. <laughs> I don't have it. I'm never going to install it. You know, uh, there I'm really showing my age. But um, if I were to, I would have a competitive advantage because I understand the principles. Yes. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing. Now, here's the other thing, Andrew, it's kind of interesting is, you know, you think that, uh, let, let's say you're a Google AdWords expert, you think that you could immediately go into Facebook and be successful. And you, you might have a little bit of advantage, but you're going to fail because the media acts differently. Um, I told this story, I did a workshop last year, and I, I always like to start off with this story in my workshops, which is um, somebody who is on Google is different than somebody who's on Facebook. When you go to Google, you are there searching. You are actively searching for the answer to a question, the answer to a problem. Mm-hmm. So when you do Google AdWords and you put a keyword rich ad in front of somebody, they're already what we call problem aware, uh, Eugene Schwartz language. Um, they're problem aware. They're already dialed into what's going on and they're looking for a solution. Go to Facebook. People aren't necessarily problem aware, Andrew. They're, they're on Facebook because they're looking at pictures of family. They're connecting with friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they're reading about the political this and all this stuff. They're, they're there for different reasons. They're not, they're not at Facebook to solve a problem. They're at Facebook to waste time. Yeah. And so we're, <laughs> we're yeah. interrupting them. Right. right. I mean, it's like you're watching TV and the commercial comes on. It's like, ugh, you know, a commercial, right? We have a much harder job as a Facebook advertiser. It's because we're interrupting people. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're the person at the party that interrupts everybody having a good time. So we, we got to be much better at our creative. We got to be much better at being a good intruder. Uh, so people even give us the time of day. Right. Um, and, 
with, with that in mind, one thing I want to ask you again, doing a little research, I, as I understand, like, there's two keys to making an effective ad. Yeah. And I figured now's probably a good time, given that you're talking about, you know, we're, we're yeah. um, breaking a pattern or capturing someone's attention. What are those two keys and how do we apply it, whether it's Facebook or anything else? Yeah, and this is really different than other platforms. You know, with Facebook, there's two things you got to do. Number one, you have to stop the scroll. Uh, Facebook called it thumb-stopping content. Well, mm. Facebook, and you think about it because you're holding your phone in your hand, you scroll with your thumb. And what they're looking and what they're measuring, by the way, even if you never click on an ad, Andrew, they see what you stop on, which is kind of cool. Uh, but what do they stop on? It's imagery. So the media, whether that's an image or a video, is the first thing that people see. And what you want to do with your media is you want to capture attention. Mm -hmm. um, you you want to stop the scroll and then you want to make a bridge from your content or your media to the first three lines of your ad. So this is what's interesting about a Facebook ad. You get a media portion and then you get a text portion. So for somebody who's visual, um, maybe they have a little bit more difficulty with the, with the text portion of this, but you really have to get those two things right. You want to nail the media so you get the attention and you create interest. And then it's the copy or the, the, the pri it's called the primary text. It's the, mm. the text portion of your post that really connects. And that's where you can tell your story and do your good copywriting. And that's where you're presenting your argument for them to stop what they're doing and go do something else. So yeah. those are the two elements you really got to nail. Now, just for clarity, Bob, are you talking about the situation where the media captures their attention and then the, the copy piggybacks on that? Or are they both trying to capture attention with the understanding that there are different people that are going to receive it in different ways? Well, your copy, in my experience, and the way the Facebook um, engineers have kind of laid it out is that you don't really read the copy first. You always see the image first. Mm -hmm. So um, I think... There's people like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I did an interview with a, a, a friend of mine, Mike Renard. He's a, a Facebook copywriter. And we both agree that both of these parts are important. Now, he's a copywriter, so he spends a lot of time on the primary text portion. But here's, here's the thing. The, you, you need to get the image right. And the image needs to make sense for what you're selling and what you are trying to get the person to do. And it has to mesh well with the copy. So it doesn't make sense for those two things to be a dichotomy. Uh, very rarely will it work where you have a picture that's just like of a, you know, uh, a purple unicorn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that kind of tricks some people. But really what we like to do is we like to have the image or the video, you know, completely tie into what we're saying in the text portion of the ad. Mm -hmm. And those things actually work in conjunction with each other to move people to the action that we want them to take. Yeah. And I'm, I'm coming at this from a rookie, obviously, at this, but I hear you talking about that. I envision like maybe a strategy to try is like having someone with a sad look on their face, holding up a sign saying, my sister's a diabetic. And all of a sudden the copy yes. is like, here's what I learned to help her or something like that. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, that's would be absolutely something you could test. And um, just a real recent update, you know, we, we, we used to not be able to put text in our ads. It was called the 20% rule. Yeah. Um, Facebook, like just got rid of that recently here in the fall of 2020. Nice. So like you can actually test uh, texting your ads. It's kind of fun because now you could do some of those creative things that you couldn't do before. Wow. Well, thank the good Lord. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought they'd do away with that. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Never, under cool. never understood the rule um, because like if it worked, they should be happy. And if mm -hmm. it didn't work, 
we wouldn't use it. So like you could run an ad with uh, your book cover on it now and Facebook wouldn't uh, penalize it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so real quick, and I know we talked about it already, but is there anything just in terms of increasing engagement for Facebook ads that we haven't covered yet? Yeah, I think the number one thing that people are missing is that they, they lack storytelling abilities. And this mm -hmm. is more of an art. Um, this is something that you have to kind of get experience at. But what I find is the most responsive ads that we do are ones that are able to have a story and connect on an emotional level. Um, I think what the example you gave was actually a really good idea, which is you you start to make that connection like my sister is 50 year old and she's a diabetic. Well, now that, that won't attract you and I, unless we have a sister who's diabetic. Um, but I don't have diabetes. I don't believe you do. So like if it's you and you don't have a family member, you're going to scroll right by that. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Right. Because you're, you're not my target. Um, but if we tell, if we start that hook, you know, what, what we're doing is essentially hooking somebody, right? So we capture their attention with the image and then we use that story that, you know, once upon a time, right? We're, we're just wired uh, as humans. We, we love that, right? It, it started when we were kids and here we are, you know, um, Star Wars, <laughs> once upon a time at a galaxy far, far away. Like, you know, we lean in and like, here we go, two hours of storytelling, um, that is the thing that's going to create more engagement. If, if you can figure out a way to tell a story to connect to your audience and stop just hammering them with facts and FAQs and really logical stuff, um, if you can shift your Facebook ad creative from the logical side to the emotional side, you're going to have tremendous response, tremendous engagement, and you're going you're gonna to really see um, your, your ads take off, I think. Yeah. You know, I, as I hear you say this, I'm oversimplifying it, but it's kind of like a, a huge key strategically for Facebook is let their AI do the heavy lifting of reaching the right people that you want. And you do the heavy lifting of coming up with the creative that's actually going to connect with them when they're reached through the AI. It's almost like I psychologically like just gave you that sentence to say, because yeah. <laughs> that's literally, that's literally what I tell my students. And we talk about this in the book, let the Facebook AI do the heavy lifting. So they are going to do a better job of choosing the audience. If, because here's the thing, um, they, they, they can't read your creative. I mean, they could machine read your creative, but they know who's connecting with your creative because mm -hmm. we've got all the tracking in place. So, you know, there's the Facebook pixel. It's, you know, the, the piece of code that lives on your website. Well, Facebook knows kind of who's responding. And so they're matching a, a psychographic profile of its user to an action on your website. And what it's doing is it's saying, all right, Andrew responded to this. Bob didn't. So let me go find more Andrews to show this ad to. Okay, so it's doing all that heavy lifting. And so if you're really good with your creative and you tell the right story, the right people are going to follow through. It's going to train the AI and say, okay, it looks like these are 50-year-old diabetics <laughs> that keep responding. So I know who's diabetic and I know who's 50 years old. Now, this is Facebook talking, and they're going to go find more of those folks. It's creepy, but yeah, as a marketer, that's the, that's the way to go here. So mm -hmm. yeah, I... I know a lot of people are afraid of technology and they're fearful of AI and things. Well, yeah, I, I think from an ethical standpoint, we should, but from a marketing standpoint, 
like we want to use what Facebook's made available because it's going to get us better ROI. It's going to get us better performance and uh, Facebook's going to be serving its users. I mean, we're not here to trick Facebook. We're not here to like, you know, trick our potential customers. Like we have something genuine to offer them and it's going to solve a problem they have. Well, that's a win. All right. If we're able to serve Facebook's users and give them, you know, something that's going to solve a problem. Facebook is happy because, you know, they're taking our money as advertisers and their users are happy. And that, that solves a problem for them. Ultimately, what Facebook wants is a really great experience for their users. Um, they, number two, want to satisfy their shareholders. All right. So they want ad revenue. And then thirdly, they want you to be happy as an advertiser so that you keep spending money with them. All right. That's, mm. that's the happy place. If, if all, all those things are playing together, then everybody's happy. And that's a very key hierarchy to keep in mind. Like you as a, a sm- especially a small time advertiser don't really matter as compared to the, the stockholders and the user experience. Cause they know that's where the real money is. And there's a, there's a right. million of me going around spending that money. So I'm right. the last in line in terms of being satisfied. Yeah. Very few people have enough leverage um, to, make Facebook even blink <laughs> if they withhold their money. So mm-hmm. um, they don't need your money. They want your money, but they don't need it because there's a lot of big, dumb money flowing into Facebook every day. Yeah. And you want to make them blink. You need something on the actual people, <laughs> nothing to do with the actual finances. Yes. 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 So um, obviously, you know, the fourth edition of the ultimate guide to Facebook advertising is on Amazon. Easy way yep. for people to get it. Yep. If people want to connect with you directly in any way, shape or form, is there a good way for them to, to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have a website set up that's really cool. It's called ultimatefb.com. It's got a direct link to Amazon. Uh, but if um, you want to spend a little time there, I've got interviews with all the guest authors. So I did write the book, but I had a number of people help me. Um, well, obviously, Perry was, you know, is a co-author of mine. So there's an interview with Perry Marshall. Uh, we have Brian Kurtz. We have Jeff Walker. We have Dennis Yu. We have Ryan Dice. Uh, you know, so these are names a lot of people know. Um, I'm really honored that they're part of my network and I can call them friends. Uh, they contributed to this book and I've, I've done some really cool interviews. So like you and I are talking, so, you know, we just switched seats. I, I was kind of the host and interviewed my guest authors and we had some really good conversations. So those are all available there. Plus I've got some bonus uh, training on there for people too. So um, not only, you know, can you get the book for, it's probably what, 25 bucks on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, really good bargain for what you get. Um, by the way, Andrew, I had to cut out like 150 pages out of the book. <laughs> uh, it's 450 pages and it took about a year and a half to write. Um, it's really interesting. And you wrote a book, you, you understand like books don't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was harder. It was harder to cut the things out than to, to put the things in. Um, so some of the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor is available to people as well. So I'm just nice. really, I'm really proud of this. Uh, I know it's going to change people's lives. Um, you know, people are going to read this book and learn a new skill. Um, you know, maybe it creates a career for them. A young person decides they want to get into digital marketing. I would love to hear those stories someday. Um, there's a lot of business owners that, uh, you know, coming here through COVID, uh, really need an edge. You know, I, I'm hoping they read the book and, you know, develop some skills and able to turn their businesses around. So 
I'm really happy that you're helping me get the word out because I'm, I'm really cool. confident this book will help a lot of people. Yeah. And I'll tell you selfishly, like, you know, my, my stock and trade kind of like, you know, Facebook wants to make their customers happy. For me, there's a certain pressure to make sure that I'm bringing really qualified, legit people to my audience. And I didn't blink um, in terms of like asking you to come on, because again, my research tells me that, that you're the real deal and, and you are a top, top person for this. And I wanted to thank you, Bob, for coming on and, and sharing this insight because I, I mean, there's so much to, to dissect in, in terms of what we spoke about. And I know the book is going to really add a lot of flavor to that, but you basically gave away the keys to the castle today. And I think <laughs> if people could really just listen back and, and take what you say into account on Facebook or on other platforms, right. they're all of a sudden way ahead of the game in a way they might not even realize yet. So thank you so much for coming and sharing these insights and really just giving my audience a leg up on this as someone personally who really, again, I've, I've not been happy with that platform at all. Yeah, it's yeah. good to hear these perspectives and get this insight and this, this strategy for when I want to dive in and, you know, just get brave again and, and deal with it because I know it's such a valuable resource, especially when you can figure it out and get it sorted out. So thank you. Awesome. Hey, it was an honor to be here. Time flew as we talked and it's, it's always good to, to share this and hopefully it affects a lot of people. So appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much once again, Bob, for that awesome interview and for sharing those awesome insights. Guys, once again, I highly recommend you go check out ultimatefb.com if you want to check out Bob's book. It really is uh, head and shoulders above all the ones you might be finding right now, especially in terms of the current standards for Facebook advertising. I could not recommend it more highly. Uh, while we're on topic of recommending books, of course, I'd highly recommend you check mine out as well. You can go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. Or again, if you just want to check out my YouTube channel with the content that's supporting the book, you can go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. With that said, I've got way more awesome content on the way soon. Uh, you definitely want to stick around. In fact, while you're at it, you might want to pull out your phone right now, hit that subscribe button, leave a quick, honest, written review, and stay tuned. The next interview is probably a day or so away. It's going to be a good one. I guarantee you that. Until then, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. <laughs>